6, please. Galatians chapter 6, we're going to be focusing on this morning. Have you ever looked at someone or, or heard them talk and known exactly where they were from? How they say certain words or what words they use? You know, around here we call it Coke. It's called pop in other areas or, or soda, perhaps. It's a marked person that talks like that. It's a mark for them, you see. You can tell where they're from. The accent actually changes once you hit the city limits of Westmoreland. You start moving south, people sound a little different. I used to sound a lot more like them than I do now because the accent flows down into Carthage, down into Smithville. I was at a hospital one time helping Dad with a, a, an appointment that he had. and We were walking out. Heard something very familiar in the twang of the nurse that was there. I said, you're from Carthage, aren't you? And she said, yes, I am. And so whenever you have a mark like that, people recognize where you're from and who you are. Cattle are branded. A criminal in prison is marked by the stripes that he wears. And a person in uniform, you can tell what branch of military service they are from. Last week we discussed the call of the Master, a particular passage that's often categorized as that. Well, this morning we are looking at the marks of the Master. Paul spoke about marks in the book of Galatians. There was a conflict, to give you some context, there was a conflict there over some people trying to continue certain Jewish traditions that focused on the flesh. And these new Christians at the church of Galatia took pride in this fresh fleshly characteristics. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 12 says this, Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. You see, there were people who were Jews that wanted to continue to look like Jews. And then there were Christians, however, that they were trying, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to have this mark. But Paul says no. In verse 15 he says, this does not matter. Let's look there, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 15. Neither circumcision or anything, nor circumcision, but a new creation. He focused on that. It was important then, and it is important today that you be a new creation. Not that you had some sort of physical mark on you. That's not important. Anybody could have that done, but it, what was important was that you were a new creation. Paul himself did have his own marks that we'll look at in just a moment, but they were there for a different reason. Look at verse 17 of Galatians chapter 6. From now on, let no one cause you, let no one cause trouble for me for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. They were worried about the flesh. Paul says, no, you need to be a new creation. But you know what? I have the marks of the Master. And that's what you yourself need to be concerned about. Paul drew attention to these marks that he had received because he was a follower of Christ. The people were focusing on the wrong thing. Paul said, hang on a second. 
I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. What do you bear? That's what we're going to look at this morning. What do you bear in your life? Perhaps even on your body, but let's look at this. The setting of the context. What were Paul's marks? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. But may it never be that I would boast in the flesh, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul was willing to undergo all forms of persecution for the glory of the cross. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to glory in the cross. Verse 14 again, May it never be that I would boast of myself, except in the cross of our Lord. And he talks later about his marks that he bears because he wants people to see, look, I have these marks on my body and it's because I have proclaimed the gospel. Not because I wanted to be honored by men. In fact, the very opposite. I have died to the world and I have these marks because man hates Christ. Because the world hates Him. Let's look at some of Paul's markings. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. Paul had already suffered much for the cause of Jesus Christ. And he has gone through a lot up to this point. And Paul doesn't want to brag, but he wants people to know. He is showing how he is sacrificing himself in talking about this, how he is bearing the cross of Christ in a very real way, in a very physical way. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so, in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Paul lost count on how many times he had been beaten. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Thank God remember that too. 25, three times, verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen. Dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. People that should proclaim to be with Christ, but not. And he was in danger of them. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And then Christian, what do we complain about today as Paul talks of his marks do we have any at all physical or otherwise and we'll get more into that but what is it that we complain about are we sacrificing enough to even show that we bear the cross of Christ let's look again 2 Corinthians chapter 4 Paul continues to talk about the markings that he bears of Jesus Christ. Chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness 
of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Paul doesn't want to glory in himself, but he wants to be an example. Look at these marks. Look at these sufferings that I have gone through. Let me show you how much I love Christ. Does your life do that? Does your life show how much you love Jesus Christ? He says, verse 8, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. He bears these marks in a physical way so that people will see that He means what He says. And that if He is sacrificing that much, following Jesus Christ must be worth it. It must have some sort of payoff. Somebody doesn't have a listing of these injuries and these sufferings without at the end of the day being able to tell you, you know what, I'm going to continue to follow Christ. That shows the value and how it can change someone's life. Those were Paul's marks. He's not bragging, but he wants you to know because he's serious about his faith. Well, the question is, what are our marks? We bear the marks of whatever enslaves us. Whatever you are a slave to, you show that to others perhaps. Maybe it's hidden because we're, we're not all knowing. We cannot see everything. But whatever we are a slave to, we show it one way or another. For the slave is always branded by his master. A man who has a bloated face and red eyes tells us that he is a slave to alcohol. A person with a restless spirit may be a slave to some other habit that they try to gain pleasure from, that they try to glean some sort of spiritual sustenance from because their, their spirit is dying, their spirit is starved. And they look in all the wrong places and they keep going back to that same habit, to that same sin, and it's just not doing anything for them. They're a slave to it. And a man, woman who might be a slave to greed will bear the marks of covetousness. Will bear the marks of greed as they strive for that almighty dollar every day. Yet not all the slaves of sin are staggering down back alleys. Some of them wear nice clothes and live in nice houses while they hate themselves for the sins that do indeed brand them. The true servant of Christ bears the marks of the master. Only this can be done, can only by this can he be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, and the Bible that most people will be the only one that they ever read or see. The Christian must ever have the name of Jesus written upon him in his life as he follows Christ. It is useless to have it simply on your tongue if it is not also in your life. And we're reminded of this in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. 
As you live for Christ, you are going to do those things that show those marks. You're going to do those things that bear those marks to other people. The real marks of Christ come through suffering. This is how Paul received his. And they were brands of the physical nature of fiery trials, to be sure. Suffering for Christ proves our allegiance to Him and brings out our Christ-like character. Are we suffering? Are you suffering for the cause of Christ? If not, then why not? Very personal question. Are you, are we, afraid to share our faith? Are we afraid to engage in productive discussions? To start those discussions about what Scripture teaches about certain topics? Or do we back away? Are we too fearful to challenge error when we see it? Jesus, if you look through Scripture, if you imagine yourself in that day and time, you could honestly say, He would almost want to pick a fight with people. Verbally speaking, seeing the error that was in their life, and then would want to go and try to change that because he cared about those people. He cared enough about them to address the error in their life. Perhaps we should do the same. The marks of Christ. The marks of Christ are spiritual in nature. While it is true that the primary reference of our text are outward scars that Paul bore in endurance to the cause of Christ, these were not and are not the only marks of the Lord Jesus which Paul bore. Now, as I've said, I didn't think he went around saying, you see this one right here? I got that from a Roman soldier. That was on lash number 35, I think. He didn't go around doing that. But let it be known that your marks can be outward as if, if Paul's, thankfully we don't live in a day and age where that sort of thing happens. But you should still have the marks of the Master. So these marks can be outward, but true marks of Jesus can also be inward and spiritual. There is a tendency to think that Christ's marks can only be external, that that's all we need. That if we do certain outward things, certain mechanical things, then we're fine. And we oftentimes do take care of those outward marks, such as observing of the Lord's Supper or of singing. These are outward marks that we would bear. But there are inward things that must happen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, please. Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18. The people in Jesus' day may have found it easy to show some of these outward marks, some of these external marks. They had them as we do today, not as Paul spoke of, but still in a physical nature. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Now for those who would fast then and even today, think about how you might feel. You wouldn't feel so great, would you? Physically, you'd feel weak and tired if you were to fast from food, you know, for a day or, or so. We've, we've had a lesson on that before. You can find that uh, online, uh, a lesson on fasting. But people in Jesus' day, when they would fast, they would 
maybe not bathe, maybe not take care of themselves the right way, and so they would put on a gloomy face in the hopes that people would look at them and say, wow, you know, you, you must be fasting. What, what day are you on right now? They wanted that external showiness. They wanted to, to brag in that respect. See how, see how pious I am. See how godly I am. They were very much worried about those externals. And whenever someone you know, could bring up to them, what, what if you were, were beaten for the cause of Christ? I wonder how that particular person who was fasting, what their reaction would be like. It's an outward expression, as Paul has addressed. But Jesus goes on to say, Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Their reward was the honor of man rather than of Christ. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Fasting is a very internal experience. It's not something that we should be showy about. Jesus is saying, take care of yourself. Don't let other people know that you are fasting. That's supposed to be between me and you. That's supposed to be between you and God whenever you fast. So that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The mark of Christ, you see, can be internal as you do those things, those spiritual practices that bring you closer to Him. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name an external? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Not everyone who does these external things, these external practices that we practice today, we're not trying to cast out demons, but we come here. This would be an external mark, an honorable one at that. Got to come here, got to fellowship, got to worship. Those are externals, partake of the Lord's Supper. Very important. We don't want to downplay those. But I think you can plainly see how if you take care only of the externals, you could very easily be neglecting the internals. Paul was able to bear those marks of Christ that he did because he was strong on the inside. Verse 23, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So while they were doing the externals, what else was going on? They were practicing lawlessness. You see, they were doing things, the right things, the good things, right? They were doing the right things, the good things, at the proper time, at the correct time, but in darkness. At other times, maybe when others weren't seen, they were doing those things that actually took them away from God. So the marks on the outside weren't true. They weren't honorable. Verse 21, this was a verse that I've used a lot in studies, and you, you, you should, of course, as well. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. Not everyone who professes to be a Christian will go to heaven, will be a part of that body. The marks of Christ, what are they then? The marks of Christ that we should consider this morning are certain features of character 
such as obedience. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 50. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. We want to do the will of the Heavenly Father. We do that by being obedient. We do that by spiritual practices. We do that by internal things, but it's got to be internal and it's got to be external as well. That's how that obedience works, you see. You've got to be obedient on both sides of that aisle. Another mark of Jesus is love. John 13, 34, and 35 tells us to love one another. When you are a loving person, a helpful person, a caring person, especially in this day and age, people will recognize that and they will understand that you are a loving person. That is a mark of Jesus Christ. Another mark is sacrifice. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Deny yourself and take up your cross daily is that good verse. So the question is, do we have these marks that single us out as true disciples of Jesus? And that's your question for this morning. Do you bear the marks of Jesus? Do we bear the marks of Jesus? For today, too many people want to make Christianity popular agreeable and convenient. I want it to be popular. I want more people to come to Christ every single day. But a lot of people want it to be popular and they do things and change things that also make it agreeable. That also make it convenient. We don't like waiting on things and unfortunately that practice has bled into our spiritual life. Too many churches, I use that in a broad sense, they want to simply look at themselves and they want to make it be about good customer service. Which is important in the business world, but it is not always important, of course, in the spiritual world. There are things that we can learn, lots of business practices that could be very applicable to church work. There is definitely a limit to that. Because no business says, make sure the customer, the people that you're trying to reach, make sure they hate you. But our business manager did just that. He said that the world's going to hate you. And while we could look at some facets of good customer service within the church, I'm serious, there's a lot of things that can be considered there. There's one thing that also must be considered. Does the world hate us? For if the world hates you, Jesus said, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. The world loves those who agree with them. A lot of people who you see online who preach, who preach certain things, you know, they want people who are like them. They scream tolerance, many do, but they really just want those people who are like them. For the world, it says, loves its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Jesus has invited us not to a picnic. And I love picnics. 
but he has rather invited us to a pilgrimage, not to a frolic, but to a fight. He offered us not an excursion, but an execution, a death to self, a death to sin and to, and to the world. And that's what Paul referenced earlier in the passages. I have died to the world. I've died to myself. And so with that, do you bear the marks of Jesus Christ? Our Lord wanted men to count the cost and to expect persecution, not convenience. 1 Timothy 3.12 Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. For not being persecuted, why is that? For we're supposed to be soldiers. Today, we and anyone who claims to bear the cross of Christ should be careful not to work to gain the favor of the world. I think it's important to listen to those that we want to reach. It very much is. Jesus listened to those who needed Him. and He saw their needs. And He met those needs because He listened to those people. But He imparted on them through His teachings, through His healings, what they needed from Him. Too many people want to take Jesus and paint Him with the brush strokes of the world so that their version of Him looks more like what is convenient for them, and we must simply not do that. Many seem to try to see how much like this world we can become instead of how little. Christians are a foreign influence and a minority group in a heathen world. We should be that every day. For if the church is not stirring up trouble with the world and suffering, then it needs to make a close examination of its very life and teaching. For we are the salt of the earth. And what does salt do? Well, salt irritates. And we are the light of the world. And what does light do? Light exposes. Do not participate, Ephesians 5, in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. We must be about that. If there's something in your life, something going on somewhere, and you can make a positive change, you've got to be that salt. It's more than just putting it on your burger, you know. You've got to be that salt that irritates. You've got to be that light that exposes sin that is there. Because if you're ready to accept something, also be ready to approve it. That's how the world works. Let's just get along. Let's just get along. Let's just keep on getting along. Before you know it, you're being asked to approve of something that you know long ago you should have said no to. You should have fought against. You should have put back on. So do not compromise the very principles that Christ died for. And if you're at peace with the world, then maybe you have done that very thing. That you've made peace with the world and you've put down your sword and your shield and you're just like, alright, I'm done. I'm done fighting. And at that point, sin can really start creeping in your life and work its way into your heart, work its way into your mind and into your family. And before you know it, you forget about the stories in Scripture. You forget about the principles that you should follow and those things that you should heed every day of your life that, that bring you joy, that can do that. If you're not living for Christ this morning, if you've sold out to the world, 
Stop doing that today and start bearing the marks of Christ, that of obedience, that of love, and that of sacrifice. If you're not a Christian, come forward this morning and let us baptize you so that you might be added to the body of Christ. Or, or talk to me later if you'd like to study more about that. If you are a Christian though, if you have been baptized, if you need prayers, please come forward now as we stand and sing to encourage you.